Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. Now, last week I started a series on why traditional parenting doesn't work and what does work. And be assured, I will go back to that series But because September is FASD Awareness Month, I am going to focus on that for a few episodes before I go back to our other topic, why traditional parenting doesn't work and what does work. And let me just say before I move on into this further into this episode, that you can get a free chapter of how to have peace when your kids are in chaos. And the chapter is actually called Why Traditional Parenting Doesn't Work and What Does Work on the website traumainformedparenting.com. It's on the home page. Just click the button. It's at the top. It's in the middle. It's kind of everywhere. So grab that free chapter so that when we go back to the series on why traditional parenting doesn't work, you will have a resource to follow along or you can read it beforehand. I am going to talk about three things that I wish I had known about FASD. Now it is now called fetal alcohol spectrum disorders just like they've changed autism it's a spectrum disorder so and and i'm not going to be all sciencey because you know there are people who know a lot more about this than i do when it comes to the science impact of it but when you think of a spectrum you think it's not just a rainbow it's just not like oh i'm this far on the spectrum no, it's kind of like I have this part of the spectrum. I have this part of the spectrum. And different people, as in autism, have different parts of that spectrum with the effects of alcohol in the womb prenatally. That child is going to get different parts of that spectrum. And I've seen that in my own children, which I will explain a little bit about in a minute. But I'm going to tell you about my first education, and it was only called fetal, fetal alcohol syndrome or fetal, 
I can talk today. <laughs> I'm recording in the morning and I usually write in the morning. So you're going to have to give me a little grace because my brain is working, but my mouth is not. I'm usually typing and writing and not recording. I usually record in the afternoon when my mouth is working better. Anyway, moving on. It used to be fetal alcohol effects. Okay, so here's my first introduction to either of those. I was helping my Aunt Margie, who is a nurse, and we were caring for my grandmother who was suffering from a brain tumor and we were getting her back in bed my mother was taking care of my grandmother so my grandmother was living with my mother but my mother had something to do so my aunt margie was there anyway aunt margie and i were having lots of great conversations she's always been one of my um, mentors, one of my favorite people when I was growing up. And she always talked to me as if I were an adult, even when I was a child. So at this time, I was a young mom. I had one child. And I'd only been married maybe about three or four years. And while we were helping Grandma get back in bed, Aunt Margie said, mentioned a family member who was pregnant and just laid it all out there and said that, you know, the baby was born with some of those physical anomalies associated with the exposure to alcohol in the womb. So yeah, she was a nurse. She talked more nursey than that even. And I had never even heard of such things. Like I didn't, that was like new. It just blew my mind. First of all, that someone in my family had been drinking while pregnant and second of all how much it affected the baby when the baby was born with a cleft palate and also born with some heart defects little did i know <laughs> little did i know that years from then i would be adopting a sibling group of four from Poland and so I, let me just reintroduce myself because I know we have a lot a lot of new listeners since we started the podcast again I have seven children and four of them were adopted from Poland like I was just saying a sibling group and there's a really long story to that and if you want to know more about that you can get my book a positive adoption story on amazon i'll try to make sure i remember to link that in the show notes to know so you can know more of my story and so we had three bios so then we had seven kids so fast forward to being in poland we stayed there for five weeks on the first trip and one of the things that we had to do in order to complete all of the adoption process, every country has its own adoption process, was to visit a psychologist. Actually, it was two psychologists. And all of our kids, our pre-adoptive kiddos went with us 
for more than one reason. One of the reasons was so that they could observe our interactions with the kiddos and make sure that, you know, everything was okay, and which is important. But another part of the meeting was so that the psychologists could share the history of our kiddos with us. Now, I don't think that it should have been with them in the room, but that's the way it worked out. So one of the things that was said to us was just very matter-of-factly, the mother drank alcohol when she was pregnant. It was such a small statement. Just made, like I said, so matter-of-factly in their long list of their history, which I will not share any of that. That's their story. But it was just like listening to a tragedy. And if you have adopted children, you know that trauma is part of their history, no matter what. No matter what. And the truth is, all of us have a measure of trauma. Some of us have a very, very small amount and others of us have larger traumas, big T T traumas, and then that everyday trauma that we live through, abuse, neglect. So we got to listen to the litany of everything. And I didn't really think about that powerful statement, the mother drank alcohol while she was pregnant because there were other things going on at the time and first of all we were in another country we had to have an interpreter and she was really amazing and we had to have you know there were all these protocols we didn't know about that our interpreter had to clue us in don't do that or say this or don't do that like it was there were there was a lot of stress and the truth is being in another country to adopt kiddos is a big stress itself. So add to that, putting your life and your family, and we took our three bios with us on this trip in somebody else's hands. Not that I wasn't trusting God, but man, you realize how much you don't trust God when you travel to another country and you're handing over here, you, you have my itinerary. You tell me where to go. You take me to court. You, you know, those kind of things. I'm getting sidetracked. But the point is, there were so many things that I was thinking about and dealing with. And one of the, it's funny now, but one of the huge issues that we ended up dealing with after that psychologist visit was one of my kiddos had run up to the psychologist and said, I would feel a lot better about this adoption if they would buy me more more gifts. So that became, that just blew up in our face. That became the huge issue that we were dealing with and not knowing whether that was going to impact whether we were really able to finalize the adoption or not. And anyone who's gone through foster care to adopt or adopt from another country, those things now sound kind of ridiculous, but they are huge. They are huge. So that fetal alcohol 
thing syndrome um fetal alcohol spectrum disorders that was put on the back burner that day it was put on the back burner for a long time but the truth is there are things that i wish i would have known going in that somebody would have told me in my book how to have peace when your kids are in chaos i have two chapters on fetal alcohol syndrome because they are from um a time when that's what it was called but plus there were articles that i had written on my website years and years ago that i put together they were all the things that i was learning at the time I was researching myself because there wasn't any information out there. And I am so grateful that there's so much more information out there. There's so much. And I will put in the show notes some people that I highly respect to talk about FASD. That's their focus. But I knew nothing and there wasn't information out there. I went to our local Barnes and Noble one day. My kids were doing some sort of, I can't remember what it was called, but it was the high schoolers and they were doing this story time and they were doing gift wrapping. They were doing all these things. It was kind of like, like a little service project. And so I was hanging out with my oldest daughter and I'm like, I am going to find some books on fetal alcohol effects. I'm going to find out. So I was looking in the parenting section, nope. Psychology, nope. Everywhere I looked, there was nothing. There was nothing. So I went to the desk and I asked this preppy looking kid there, you know, hey, do you have anything on this? And he looked, typed, you know, typed into the computer and he came up with this list that he printed out for me. And only one of those did they actually have in the store. So I went to pick it up and I leafed through it. And basically it said, do not drink while pregnant. I mean, that was, and it had this picture of these young girls with beautiful long hair. And it was like, you know, will they drink? Will they do it? What will you do? And and the other books on the list were medical books, textbooks that were like $200, $300. I left that day pretty deflated, defeated. Now, where could I get answers? Where could I get some answers? The next place I tried to get some answers was actually at my specialist that I go to, Dr. Parati for he does chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, any immune system issues. So I brought it up to him and I said, so I think our youngest is suffering some of the effects of prenatal alcohol in the womb. You know, I, I didn't say it that way, but there was silence, just silence. And then he said, oh yeah, he's adopted. Like, and that's the thing. There's a stigma attached to that. 
there's judgment attacked, attached to that. In the area that we used to live in, I don't know the statistics in this area that we moved to, but where we lived before, 50% of babies born had been exposed prenatally to drugs and or alcohol. So it's there. It's not just kids who are in foster care. It's not just kids who are adopted. It's kids. Just putting that out there on a tangent. So anyway, Dr. P, that's what I call him. He gave me, you know, explained a couple things to me scientifically about what was happening. And that was like the first glimpse of, okay, I'm, my kid is really suffering from these issues and I'm not crazy. Now my youngest had a cleft palate and a heart defect when he was born and some other anomalies that we had to, well, he had to deal with and we had to deal with. So one of the, the ways that alcohol affects the child is physical anomalies. And that's the first thing I learned through my aunt. Now, if you think about the effects of alcohol in the womb, the most common thing that we go to is the executive function, regulation, behavior. But actually, it affects all five Bs. It affects... I'm going to my notes here. <laughs> um, the brain, the body, biology, behavior, and beliefs. Now, if you've never had any trauma-informed training and you would like to know more about all of these, the brain, the body, biology, behavior, and the beliefs, then you can sign up for free print training, free training on trauma-informed parenting Com, and I will link those in the show notes as well. So the first one I wanted to talk about is how it affects the body, which I've gone over just a little bit. And I'm going to finish up this episode with reading a list of things that will show up in the body. Distinctive facial features, including small eyes and exceptionally thin upper lip, a short upturned nose, and a smooth skin surface between the nose and upper lip. You know how we have that little indentation uh, above our lip? Um, a lot of kiddos who and adults who were affected by alcohol in the womb, they don't have that little dip. Deformities of joints, limbs, and fingers. Slow physical growth before and after birth vision difficulties or hearing problems, small head circumference and brain size, heart defects and problems with kidneys and bones, and especially the bones in the back. One of the anomalies is you can have an extra bone in your back that makes, um, makes bending difficult, it's painful. So anyway, those are some of the things that will show up in the body. Now, next week, I will talk more about 
the brain and the central nervous system. But like I said, I and I'm going to share just some of the things that we have lived through, not sharing intimate details of my children's stories, but they have given me permission to share things that will help other people. But the main point is just having that awareness that this exists and it shouldn't have a stigma attached to it because it has nothing to do with something the child has done and it has something to do that was done to them, that there's, there's no control over that. But at the same time, and this is the most important thing, the child, the kiddo, is a valuable human being with gifts and talents and strengths and abilities that they need to find, help them access them so that they can do what they need to do in this world, which is find their purpose and live a joyful, productive life instead of fitting into whatever the culture says we have to do because that's never that's never good for anybody. So, thanks for joining me today and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trauma Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on traumainformedparenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.